Welcome to the Curiosity Crisis. We challenge ourselves to explore the world of business, tech, investing, and science. Get curious and be part of our journey as we discuss, learn, and share. Today, we're talking to Kush, the co-host of the Curiosity Crisis podcast. He studied engineering, science, and commerce. He's been investing for years, and hopefully we'll get some insight um, from him today. Kush, how are you going? Very well, mate. I'm keen. Well, yeah. How are you? Oh, I'm very well. This should be this should be a lot of fun. I'm very excited. Uh, so I think we'll just jump straight into it. What's been keeping you curious recently? Uh, what's been keeping you curious is is journaling. Actually, I um I got told to to have a crack at it this year, and you know I've gotten into it. Absolutely loving it. Doesn't feel like a chore at all. Doing it every week, and I find it so good to just like get your thoughts out there, articulate them. It's good for regulating yourself, and yeah, mm. loving it. Nice. Um, so this episode is about investing. And so I thought I'd ask you uh, if we could get some context around your investing philosophy. And yeah. Yeah. So investing philosophies, like I've heard a lot and sometimes people just jump straight into um, you know what they invest in and, and why and, and you know, the particulars. But I think if I, if I take it back a step and, and what sort of underpins the whole, like my whole portfolio is two, two main ideas. One um, is summed up by Ben Franklin's quote, uh, money makes money and the money that money makes, makes more money. And basically that just means that compound interest works. It is the eighth wonder of the world. Um, and if you just stay disciplined and consistent, you'll do very well over a long period of time. And the second one is more broadly about like, I'm, I'm into investing in equities. Um, so essentially what you're doing when you buy a company, buy a stock, you are buying a portion of a business. And rather than you know going into the jargon and all the, the, the tricky stuff and the, and the scary stuff with investing, just remembering that you're buying literally um, a part of a business that someone's best idea in their life's work, um, you know, it, it, it focuses on what's important in investing and, and picking the, the really good companies, doing awesome things, solving awesome problems. Mm. Now, you just mentioned a, a lot of financial kind of jargon. Mm-hmm. Do you have any like practical ways of avoiding that if you were you know, a beginner investor or someone who has no idea what's going on? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, well, first is there is some that make a lot of sense to know. Um, so just reading a little bit, um, there's this book, uh, Get Started Investing, which sort of breaks it down and tells you a little bit about uh, about them and then you know, listen to some um, introductory uh you know, investing podcasts, get started investing, and a couple of others uh, are quite useful. But you know, at the end of the day, again, you're buying portions of businesses. Literally, just know uh, the companies that you're investing in and pick the best ones. Pick what you see out there in in the world around you um, doing really good good things. Mm. Like chances are that they're pretty successful financially as well. So before you mentioned uh, compounding. Mm. I was wondering if you could go a little bit more into detail about that. Are you referring to capital gains, for example, or dividends or, you know, where does the compounding fall into or is it more conceptual? Yeah, so compounding, I think of it like uh, as, a, as a whole of portfolio thing. So basically what I mean is both capital gains, so the share price going up and, and dividends, what, what, you know, the company will give back to you. But whole of portfolio, essentially with your, with how many, um, holdings you have and whatever um, capital gains you, you make from those plus the, the dividends you get say overall your portfolio one year returns 10% so you've invested $1,000 and you return 10% you've got $1,100 mm. now that's one year the next year even if you don't invest any more and you make another 10% or something around that ballpark you're making 10% on you know $1,100 and again it's not that much you're probably ending up with what $1,210 but that happens year on year on year 
and you know, 20 years down the track, you've made a lot of money just by sitting there doing nothing uh, and letting your letting compound interest do its thing. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if you could run us through some of the principles that you have for investing um, in terms of like what are the guidelines that keep uh, you on track f- for yourself? Yeah, okay. Well, I'll, I'll keep it pretty simple here. And the number one biggest uh, investing principle I have is invest in what you know, um, you like, you understand, and you believe in. Mm. And the reason for that is, again, you're buying a portion of a business, right? You're, you're, you're owning that business. So you have to understand you know, how they make money, what you like about them, why you think it's going to grow and be really successful over the long term, um, whenever you're planning to invest in them and, and for how long you're planning to hold them. And just, just understand them enough so you can uh, articulate that to anyone, like your younger cousin, um, your mother. So just make sure you really know about the company. Yeah. Um, so getting a bit more into the details then, um, what strategy do you employ in investing? Um, so we understand a bit more from the lens that you perceive investing, but um, yeah, what, what specifically do you do in terms of yeah, your investments? Yeah, no, um, good question. So it's pretty simple, to be honest. I, I have a, a core and satellite um, portfolio. So essentially my core portfolio is um, your long-term, you know, chip-away type um, investments. So for me, they're ETFs and, and managed funds that, that just will do the compound interest, you know, year on year. I don't really pay too much attention to them. I, I do a little bit of research before I buy those, but typically I'll buy them, um, you know, every quarter and, and then just let them do their thing over the long period of time. And they're going to get me modest returns, but over a long period of time do really well. And then the satellite, which is where the exciting stuff is, the really interesting stuff where I I hunt for hunt for returns. Invest in those companies that I really think are going to grow well, um, do their thing, and, and I believe are, are better than the market and um, will give me some really good returns. So I guess the satellite portfolio is probably more interesting to most people. It's a lot um, more fun. Yeah. What What do you have your eye on right now in terms of those? Yeah. So not not a, a hell of a lot. You know, I, I try and keep it a high conviction portfolio which just means fewer investments my these are my best ideas and i believe in them a lot but um a few few things i have my eye on um at the moment i i'm looking at, at coinbase i already own it but um i think you know there's there's a few opportunities popping up because it's a, it's a pretty volatile stock and um you know it's changing every day so if if the the opportunity comes up to reinvest i'm all about that again high conviction best ideas so in a lot of people's kind of uh, opinions, they would see crypto as a, a specy uh, or a speculative bet. Mm. Um, do you see Coinbase? Obviously, well, you don't see Coinbase as a speculative bet because mm. high conviction. Um, so why is that? Why do you think it's, it's a good company? And then what's your opinion on speckies as well? Yeah, a couple of things there. Um, firstly, I don't see it as a specy because crypto, um, you're much more into uh, like into crypto and, and understand it a lot more deeply um, and more particularly than me. But where I see crypto is essentially it has a place going forward. It is going to only grow and in- increase in use cases. I mean, I'm not paying for a beer with a Bitcoin, but I am seeing the you know the networks, the big networks like Ethereum. I think last year made. I think 11 or 14 billion dollars worth of uh, transaction fees, which is a huge, huge amount. I'm seeing central banks 
in Australia, a laggard in all technology, adopt um, digital coins based on you know crypto projects and, and and the blockchain. And I'm seeing you know buy into to crypto from massive companies, massive fund managers like BlackRock, um, Google, um, and they're all going through through Coinbase. So I think you know crypto is here to stay. That's the overarching. Um, philosophy behind behind coinbase and then the company itself is actually really sound mm. is there any um yeah any other kind of picks that you have your eye on i think coinbase is a yeah fantastic example of something that um it hasn't done particularly well um since it's, it's uh ipo mm. but i think it's been recovering significantly uh since so yeah do you have any other kind of stocks or or bets that you've you keep in your eye on um well, there's probably a couple others that are a bit like Coinbase in the sense that you know they're they're in volatile they're volatile stocks, but essentially behind them they're really really sound businesses. Um, the the other one that I like and it's you know it's in the headlines all the time, which I don't really like, but whatever. Um, not everyone has to agree. Is Tesla? Uh, I really like it. I think you know at the end of the day, it's uh, it's a phenomenal company, and you've you've seen sort of come from you know, grassroots um, pioneering into uh, EVs, um, into a company that's profitable. It's got a vertically integrated supply chain. You know, uh, they're, they've got partnerships to, to mine the lithium, but then they refine it all the way through to produce electric vehicles, all the way through to charge electric vehicles. So, you know, the, the portions of, of revenue that are going to come through that and the, and the value they'll see is just going to continue to increase um they've got that first mover advantage that i don't think it's going to go away um so yeah i think it's a it's it's a great company in a again you know in a volatile industry but um we'll do we'll do good things to come do you have any opinions on um elon musk buying twitter uh does that suddenly pique your interest because you know same ceo in uh in both companies oh actually i, I don't think he's the ceo of twitter anymore but uh, does that interest you at all? Or? Uh, look, I, I, I care not for, for Elon, to be honest. I, I don't think that... To be honest, I think it, the positive thing for me as an investor is all of this is noise and people uh, get caught up on that. It's in the headlines. It's what they read. They're like, oh, my God, he's doing this and that. But mm. really speaking, that doesn't change the value of Tesla. The peop- the real people running Tesla um, are continuing to, to deepen those you know supply chain benefits um, and... You know, it's profitability and all that sort of stuff. So, if if you know Elon doing stupid things and, and making noise and tweeting silly things um, <laughs> provides good entry points yeah. uh, for me into Tesla, then go do it. I don't I don't care. But yeah, no 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 thoughts on him buying Twitter and and rampaging you know social media. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, so getting a bit more into your story, um, how did you get into investing uh, and what was the catalyst? Yeah, I think so. Back in the day, this is the, the original start, I suppose. You know, I was always uh, I used to read the paper, uh, me and Dad, and pretty soon after I got through the the sports section, I was over to the business section and reading about reading about companies and and going back and forth. Um, but then I sort of got into it when I realised probably the value of investing and and my why, um, and that was that you know at some point i definitely want to be financially free which basically means you know you're not relying solely on an income to to live off you're getting potentially passive income or or multiple streams so investing is a a very good avenue to do that 
um, you know, on the on the speculative side of your portfolio, you've got the companies with asymmetrical upside, which means you know one company you can buy it can go to zero, but on the other side you can go you can buy it and go to two thousand percent up mm. or something like that, mm. and you just got to stick with it. Um, so I think that's that's one. Um, it's about building wealth, but it's also about understanding the world, using it as a tool to to really you know understand different industries, different um, like what's going on in the broader economy around you. So that that's sort of like the why, and then I got into it. I just got deeper um, when I was in at uni. I joined a club called Smith Student Managed Investment Fund, um, and then I just kept learning and and building, you know, my portfolio, which I'm loving. Nice. Uh, and what did you do at Smith? What was the purpose of it, um, and what was your role there? Yeah, so Smith was so cool. Um, it, it's a club essentially at, uni, uh, at, at my university that. Um, we, we got given a granted uh, a small fund like twenty thousand dollars that we were able to manage as students um, literally as, as, as fund managers so what mm. we do is we'd research stocks real um, ASX listed small caps and then in, in groups of like four to six um, we'd you know research company go deep develop like a, a thesis on the company uh, develop a pitch deck and evaluation and put put it together literally um, in, a, in a pitch deck a book and then present that to our um, sponsors that, that provided us that the 20 grand to, to invest um, and essentially you just you just learn the ins and outs of analyzing a company and yeah absolutely loved it and I thought it was really a really good challenge and at the end of the day you know if you, you you're putting all this effort into it and then you know, you can see the company that you bought, like, fulfill the thesis that you thought it would. Mm. Um, it's very, very rewarding. And I think that was just a catalyst to, to grow and, and get more into it. That's awesome. Uh, do you have any advice for young aspiring investors or, yeah, any advice for people to get involved in investing? Yeah, I think um, initially... Well, the, the first bit of advice is absolutely just to get into it. Like, you're not going to understand whether you like it or not um, and whether you, you see a future in yourself investing without doing it. Um, when you've got your money on the line, your skin in the game, mm. uh, you're going to take it a lot more seriously and, and understand how you, how you sort of fit in. You'll develop your own investing philosophy. So that's the first thing. Uh, and then to get over that hurdle of absolutely not knowing anything um i'd say you know just read a couple of books uh, and and do your your background research on it so i think i mentioned earlier um get started investing was a great book for me it was just a base level um base level understanding and then read and talk to people um and challenge others you know the whole thing with investing is you don't have to agree with everyone um mm. essentially you probably won't make more money than the market if you if you agree with the market and it mm. agrees with you because you're not going to have any fresh ideas but you know develop those sort of um those opinions on on companies positions and then you know sort of test them against other people talk to people about them um and and just yeah get into it go deep so in terms of future propositions do you have anything that you're looking to incorporate into your portfolio that you don't have uh, currently, or um, is there something that you think will expand that you might touch on later? Uh, is there is there anything like that? Yeah, I think um, looking forward, there's there's a couple of things I'm looking at. I mean, I'm pretty interested overall in the whole you know decarbonisation space. Um, you know, helping you know the the world and the economy get to to net zero. So, I think there's a lot of 
potential for investing in that space. Just thinking about how much money governments have thrown in it, the social conscience around ESG investing and companies doing the right thing, mm. um, and literally just physically getting to, to lowering our um, emissions. So I think it's a big space and there's a lot of companies doing some pretty exciting things there. There's mm. a lot of change going on in our um, industries, literally from how we make things, how we grow things, how we power ourselves, how we move around. All of that is changing if the world's going to get to, to net zero. So involved in that is hundreds of companies. And I'm passionate about it. I read uh, on it for fun. Bit of a nerd in that space. So I think there's going to be some real potential for, for some winners there. There's also going to be some losers uh, and some hype um, you know, in the bubble of things. Mm. But then otherwise, you know, uh, AI is, is a big thing. I'm not, I don't really know about it too much. I'm going to stay clear until I learn from you potentially a bit more <laughs> about a bit more about that. Um, so yeah, I think there's there's some spaces that I'm probably looking into. Yeah, no, awesome. I think something that I've learned from some much older, wiser people than me is that um, predicting the future is really hard, mm. um, but predicting what won't change in the future is much easier than predicting what will change. Mm. Um, do you think there's is there anything that won't change? Uh, well, something that you don't think will change that could be a potential investing opportunity. Hmm. I, I love that. And you've obviously been speaking probably to some very wise people, <laughs> wiser than both of us. But um, yes, I, I, I completely agree. And I think there's a couple things around that. For, for one is with investing, obviously, there's a lot of noise out there. There's a lot of chat. There's a lot of headlines, a lot of fear and greed and emotion in, in markets. And you literally see like the tickers of, of the stocks you're probably interested in changing, you know, two, three, four percent up and down. Um, a day or across like up to 10% across a week sort of thing but if you really think about it the reason you bought the company and and the fundamental business itself is not changing that much value day on day week on week sort of thing Mm. Um, you know ideally if if you're like a sound strategy being put into place you know the company's growing in high single digits or or double digits uh, in terms of revenue Mm. so uh or you know, it's asset based or something. So that's the actual value of the company changing, you know, year on year. Mm. But in terms of the stock price, it's going up and down on on different macroeconomic factors, different opinions and fear or stuff that you can't control. So essentially, just understanding the company isn't changing value that much each day takes a lot of angst out of investing. Um, and then yeah, so that that's why I, I try and stick to a pretty high conviction portfolio of only a few companies that I know well that I know it doesn't matter if the company drops a, you know five percent in a day mm. that overall it's pretty good. Um, yeah, there's a couple of other things around that like you know the leader in the industry is there for a reason. Mm. Um, they're not going to get knocked off its perch. A good thesis is not oh it's like the third largest company in its industry. Mm. If you can just gain some market share, it'll do really well. You know, the leaders are there for a reason. Mm. Um, so things like that, like they don't change like that overnight. I'm mm. not saying that you know, companies can't lose value and be beaten, but yeah, I think it, there's a lot of inertia in in the world in in in, in economies. So yeah, you shouldn't take that for granted. No, that's good. Um, is there anyone that you look up to? Not necessarily in the investing space, but even just um, in the way of critical thinking or, or coming up with you know potential investments. Is there any anyone that you look up to in particular? So this is an interesting question. And I don't know if it's really uh, regarding investing, mm. but what I do, do sort of look up to is um, some of those... Uh, I, actually, I, say, I probably contradict myself a little bit, but like some of those leaders that 
you know, go say go say stuff that sounds outlandish, sounds ridiculous. You know, in in Australia, um, there's Twiggy Forest. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever in 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 the states, there's Elon Musk sort of thing that that make bold claims, but back it and are putting actions to sort of back their big claim. So Twiggy at the moment in Australia is trying to decarbonize. Well, I don't know, like. His his whole company is Fortescue Metals, mm. um, and he's trying to um, start whole um, green hydrogen supply chains and stuff like that. It's there's nobody doing it. It's hard, um, and he's making bold claims and he's copying criticism. But people like that with a big idea, mm. I think, is pretty exciting. So I sort of okay. look up to that that ambitiousness mm. um, and and that vision. Um, and then I like to you know really critically think about it. Like, is this gonna you know turn into um, reality mm. and obviously in a couple of cases I have because I've invested in Tesla um, yeah. and yeah I think that that's really exciting I look, look up to that big vision mm. and what advice would you give to your younger investor self uh, is mm. there been any key mistakes that you would try and avoid or um, yeah any any simple hints even that would that would make it a lot lot smoother Love this question, actually, and I and I could t- I could give you the easy response, which I've already which I've probably already touched on in this podcast, where I'm saying you know invest only in what you know and like and believe in and think's going to do really well and have high conviction and back the leaders um, and keep it simple and all that sort of stuff. But to be honest, like I wouldn't be at this point now had I not made all the mistakes that I had initially. I wouldn't wouldn't have this sort of framework and thinking about investing had I not lost money on speckies and mm. um, just taken a bit of a punt and got into it. So the real advice is get just, just get into it. Um, have a crack, uh, invest, put a little, little bit of money in and, and understand how, how you how you sort of deal with investing. Lose like if you lose that money, why did you lose it? Um, and yeah, just develop your, your thinking with by actually doing um, the doing is where you definitely learn the most. So that's probably the advice I'd give. Yeah. Do you have any kind of final closing thoughts on investing? Um, you know, if a, if a listener's just zoned out for the, this entire podcast, is there any key points that you'd say, if there's one thing to take away, take away this? Is there anything like that? Um, look, the, the whole point is, I suppose, that, that advice, like get into it, have a crack. Um, I'd say... The reason I invest is essentially it, it allows you to build your asset base, build your wealth, mm. um, and these these like investing um, allows to earn for you, you know, while you sleep, work, or play, and allows you to to learn about the world. Um, mm. So you just are more curious, and and you you figure out how things work a bit better. So I'd say get into it, have a crack. Um, definitely worthwhile, and yeah, enjoy the journey. Awesome. Thanks for chatting. No worries. Thanks for listening. Find us at thecuriositycrisis.com and Curiosity Crisis on Instagram. We're on all major streaming services so you can listen how you like. Catch you on the next episode. Quick reminder, this is purely for your entertainment and education. This is not financial advice. This is just our opinions, but I hope you get something out of it and enjoy it.